prosperous. Someone shout, I'm prosperous. Because I'm generous. Someone shout, I know. The reason for my prosperity is so that I can be a blessing. Amen. How many of you know that we should be obsessed with the principles of the word? I know, you know, religious people get obsessed with personalities. And, and, you know, for the most, for the bulk of the time, the church uh, on our beautiful continent gets obsessed with personalities instead of being overly obsessed with principles. So uh, it's interesting because ever since I uh, went on TV and started doing ca- that kind of stuff, uh, we get almost, uh, I kid you not, tons and tons of emails every week. People sending us emails saying, I know, Pastor T, if you pray for me, I'm going to get my answer. How many of you know that that is not true? I mean, I'm not naive to think that if I pray for you, it's going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. You have to activate your faith. You have to tap into the principles of God. And not only that, be obsessed with the principles of God. The Wright brothers at the beginning of the 19th century, they got obsessed with the principles of, uh, you know, the law of gravity and the law of lift and so on and so forth. And guess what? They got us flying. Now, A380 airbuses, uh, 300 tons, 300 million tons carrying airbuses across the continent. Why? Because they overly got obsessed with the principles. So when you tap into the principles of God, you can be uh, for sure that you will get the results from it. Amen. Today we're going to be talking about how you can turn your heart into a treasure chest and not a bin. We call it a bin out here. If it was in America, I would say a garbage can or a trash can. Amen. Uh, today we're going to talk about how you can turn your heart into a treasure chest and not a bin. The reason we are talking about this is because of Luke chapter number 6 verse 45. So let's go to Luke chapter number 6 verse 45. As we go there, just lift your Bible, shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's word and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Luke 6, chapter number 6, verse 45. Watch what it says. It says, a good man, this is what I like to call the technology of the word of God. Amen. This is what I like to call the technology of living the abundant life. This is what I like to call the technology of producing a good life. The Bible says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. I didn't hear that. I want you to pay attention to the words he uses here. He says a good man out of the good treasure. Someone say treasure. Treasure. He says out of the good treasure of his heart. Where is the treasure? He says a good man out of the good treasure in his heart brings forth that which is good. I want to submit to you this morning that the Christian life is an outward manifestation of an inward reality. It is an outward manifestation of what's in large enough quantities in your heart. So if you put treasure in your heart, guess what? You can be for sure, you can be for certain that you're going to produce a life 
filled with treasures. What's the opposite of that? He tells it to us. An evil man, or a bad dude, (laughs) a bad man, an evil man, out of the what? I didn't hear that. (laughs) You may as well call this trash. An evil man, out of the trash in his heart, brings forth that which is? Man, I'm so glad it says all of this is produced in my heart. I'm so glad that I don't have to rely on A and C to see the good things. I'm so glad. Because them boys will. I'm so glad I don't have to wait on VBS. Is that what it's called? (laughs) Man, I'm so glad it's all centered in my heart. I'm so glad I don't have to rely on my neighbor. Because the other day we were supposed to meet at 2. You won't believe this tattoo. They came at 2.30. Brother, let me down. So, if it was based on him, I would be in trouble. Amen? But I'm so glad this is based on my heart. Oh, man. This means you are in charge of your destiny. You know, growing up, I used to think I was just, I didn't have a part to play in it. I used to think I was just luggage. You know, checked in with a destination that I didn't have a say in. And then when we get there, they're just going to put me on the carousel and then get thrown around and pick me up and take me somewhere else and I'll just end up wherever. I didn't realize, no, I was the captain in this ship. I was the captain on this plane. He says a good man. You could replace that word good with anything good in scripture. You could say a prosperous man. Out of the prosperous or prosperity treasure of his heart brings forth prosperity. You could change that and put healing. A healed man out of the healing or health treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. It's all produced in your heart. An evil man. A stressed out man. Out of the stressed out treasure in his heart brings forth what? Stress. How many of you know that stress is a production, it's a result of what gets produced in the heart? That's what the Bible says in the book of Philippians chapter number 4 verse 8. It says, finally my brethren, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue or value, price, value, Think on these things. In other words, deposit these things into your heart. And when you do, you will see a life that is full of, you know, just things, honest things, good report, virtue, and so on and so forth. And how do you do that? You start taking God's word and put it in your heart as opposed to the trash and the garbage that contradicts God's word. Because whatever you put in your heart, that's what you're going to see in your life. Remember the acronym GIGA. It's such an awesome acronym. I wonder why they didn't call it Tita, treasure in, treasure out. I mean, <laughs> they knew people were most certainly going to put garbage in these computers. They said garbage in, whatever you put in the computer, that's exactly what you're going to get. And here, the computer of your life is your heart. And whatever you put in, that's what you're going to get. Amen? I said Amen. And watch what he says right after that. He says, for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth. How many of you know that you don't even have control over what your mouth says? Your heart does. That's right. 
Now we can peep into your heart. All I have to do is take you out for lunch and let you speak for about 40 minutes. And I'll have a picture of what's in your heart, whether it's good things, whether it's love, whether it's hatred, whether it's limitation, whatever it is, all I have to do is to listen to you speak. You know why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, I always like to add my own stuff, and you know, when I read these scriptures, to, to get a clearer picture. And this is why I, how I usually read this scripture. I always say, out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth will surprise him. <laughs> Man, your mouth will surprise you. <laughs> Where did that come from? Who said that? That's what you've been putting in your heart. Amen? And God wants you to put his word in your heart. Watch what Job said in Job 23 verse 12. Concerning depositing treasure in his heart. Thank you, Jesus. This is what you should treasure. You should start treasuring or putting value on God's word. He says, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. In other words, I have not departed from his word. Do you see it? And he says in the second part of that verse, I have treasured. Someone say treasured. This is the beginning of living the abundant life. This is the beginning of living a life that is formed after God's word. Good to see you, Cabello. Congratulations, brother. He, he, he proposed and she said yes. Brother is getting married. He said, I have treasured, in other words, I've put value in what? The words of who? His mouth. Man, I'm telling you, you don't have to put value in the words of your pastor. It's not going to help you much. You have to put value, though, in God's words. I said it last week, and I'm going to say it again. Some of you won't believe it, but I will always say it as long as I live. How many of you know that God knows more than we do? Yeah. I know most people find it hard to believe. <laughs> but the Bible says he's the ancient of days. What that means is he's been around a very long time. <laughs> that dude knows how stuff works better than all of us in here put together. And if he does, and if that's true, guess what? I can go with his program and not my program. So here Job said, because of that, I value, I've treasured his words. More than my what? My daily food. Did you see it? He said, I value his words more than the food that I eat. I remember I was in Atlanta preaching uh, in March, I think this year. And uh, after preaching, you know, Stacy and Brady, they sit on our board. They came out to pick me up and they said, man, where do you want to eat? And I was in the south. So I said, man, I want some southern soul food. So they said, okay, let's go and get some fried chicken and collard greens and you know <laughs> the rest of the story. So we went out to this really famous restaurant, and while we were standing, uh, waiting to be ushered in, there was a whole lot of people standing in the, you know, in the waiting area. And Stacy, now Stacy is very picky about what she eats. She, she, I mean, she, she, she's just extreme. She's on a, she, I mean, she drinks coffee with a straw because she's not trying to stain her teeth. She's, you know, now you can get the picture, right? She, she's like over there. Now she said to me, you know, Tavara, you brought us here. Look at the people in the waiting area. Look at all these people. If you want to know what you're going to look like, uh, if you keep eating from these restaurants, just take a reference from these people. You know what she was saying? She was saying, you are what you eat. And I mean, a whole lot of people in this waiting area were a little bit, you know, bigger. 
And it's the same thing. When you start valuing and treasuring God's word and eat it the way some of us eat food, man, you'd get big on the inside. I'm telling you, you'll be a giant going somewhere to slay Goliath. But you have to start treasuring it. He says, I treasure this word more than my necessary food. I value it. Amen? I mean, none of us in here eat food, you know, just once a week or once a day. You know, most of us eat at least three times a day. And here, uh, Job is saying, man, I treasure God's word. In other words, I eat God's word more than three times a day. Why? Because I've put value in God's word. Amen. Let us go now to Proverbs chapter number four, verse 23. Someone shout, I value God's word. Remember what Jesus said? He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Uh, Popeyes and chicken and <laughs> burros. No, he said by every word that proceeds out of who? God's mouth. So his word is your sustenance. His word will sustain you. But you have to eat it. Amen? Proverbs 4.23. How to turn your heart into a treasure chest and not a bean, not a garbage can. Your heart is not a garbage can for them to dump all their negativity. Your heart is not a garbage can. God didn't create your heart. And by heart, I'm not talking about your blood pumping organ. I'm talking about your, 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 your mental faculties, your mind, and even beyond that, your, your, your subconscious mind, the one that determines uh, the, the direction of your life. That's what I'm talking about. And here... You know, the Bible says, uh, 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 as a man thinks in his heart, so easy. But anyway, Proverbs 4.23, watch what it says. It says, guard your heart above all else or with all diligence, for it determines the course of your life. Man, that's awesome. He says, guard your heart with all diligence because out of it, out of your heart, are the issues of life. So the issues of life proceed out of your heart. And that word issues is an interesting word. It's actually in the Hebrew, the word limitations. So the limitations of your heart do not come from anything external. The limitations of your heart come from within. Amen. And you and I have been translated from the kingdom of limitations into a kingdom of freedom. You know, this one uh, uh, scientist did a, an experiment. He took a grasshopper. Is that what it's called? A grasshopper. Put him in a, in, a, in a bottle and put a lid on top of it. And every time the thing would jump, it would hit the lid. And after a few days, it took off the lid. And that thing was programmed to only jump to the level of the lid. And it is like most Christians. You know, when you were in the world system, you had limitations. You had a lead. But when you came into the kingdom of God, the Bible declares that now all, all things are possible. All you have to do is believe. Where? In your heart. He says, man, if you can convince your heart, you'll you, you get it going. Amen. You'll get it to come out of your life. Amen? So he says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Well, guard your heart with all diligence, because out of it are the issues of life. I have a question for you. I have a question for you this morning. What's the difference between a treasure chest, uh, a jewelry box, and uh, a bin? garbage can. One word. Value. What do you put in a treasure can? 
Valuable stuff. You know, your gold, your diamonds. That's what you put in there. What do you put in the bin? Your rubbish, the junk. And here's how we've gotten it twisted. We take the stuff that should be going into the bin and we put that junk into our hearts. God never created your heart for gossip. God never created your heart for, you know, uh, negativity. God never created your heart for complaining. Did you know that? Man, when you listen to complaining and so on and so forth, some of you take a, they call it a tea break. In some companies, we may as well change it to a complaining break. (laughs) When it's 11.30 and it's time to have coffee, man, people gather around canteens. They gather around cafeterias just to complain about the company, complain about their boss, complain about the the, the photocopying machine, complain about the laptop, complaining about how the company is not paying them enough, complain about someone else's salary. They complain about everything. You know, when you listen to that stuff and you open your heart to that stuff, all you're doing is taking all the garbage and put it in your heart. It's tight, but it's right. (laughs) Value has to be created in our hearts. Let's go to Proverbs 23, verse 7. I want you to see this. Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs 23, verse 7. It says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Did you see it? The first part of that verse. It says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. He's saying, man, whatever you say in your heart, that's who you are. And let me give you an example of that. Let us go now to Numbers chapter number 13, and we're going to read verse 32. Numbers 13, verse 32. Thank you, Jesus. Is he helping you? Man, start putting God's word in your heart. And everything will change. Start paying attention to his word and everything will change. Amen. Be obsessed with the principles of his word. He said, my words are spirit and they are life. When you receive God's word in your heart, you are going to produce life. Amen. I said, amen. Amen. Numbers, chapter number 13, verse 32 to 33. Just a a quick preview. Uh, These are the 10 spies who went up to spy the land that God had already given them you know, in uh, uh, Jericho, and they came back. The Bible says this about them when they came back. Twelve of them went. The ten came back and said this. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. Remember, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart, an evil man, they gave them a bad report. Where might this report have come from? I'll tell you, it came from their heart. You know, some of you think it came from the macro factors of the economy. No, it didn't. It came from their heart. It came from what was on the inside of them. How do we know that? Because we kept reading. The ten spies which spied out the land saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. That's a lie. There is not a single country where everyone is a man of great stature. Just walking around with six packs and biceps and just, no, this is a lie. This is an exaggeration of what they are faced with. Amen? There, we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak from, that came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in whose sight? 
I didn't hear that. I said, in whose sight? Man, I feel like preaching. I've been here. In whose sight? Man, they said we felt like grasshoppers in our own eyes. In our own hearts, we felt like grasshoppers. And watch the net effect of putting all kinds of junk in your heart. And so were we in their eyes. Man, when you see yourself in your heart as a grasshopper, and you know, from this side, when we read this report, we feel like, this is, this is stupid. How many of you feel like, man, this is dumb. God had already given you the land. Just lift your hand if you feel like, man, I mean, come on, ten spies. Come on, work with us. But here's the news flash. They managed to convince the whole nation except two people. The entire nation believed them. Because after all, it was on CNN. (laughs) It was on the internet, Pastor. Did you not see it? They convinced the whole nation. Millions upon millions of people, estimated to be about 40 million people, believed this dumb, stupid report. Only two guys said, we're not going to believe this. This is crazy. How did they get to that place? I'll show you how. Let's go to Romans chapter number 1 verse 21. This is how they got to that place of believing something that is contrary to God's word. It says in Romans 1.21, in the King James Bible, please. Again, it's talking about children of Israel. It says, because that, when they knew God... They glorified him not as God. So the first thing they did was they didn't value God. And how many of you know that if you don't honor and value God, you're not going to honor and value his words? Because God and his word are one. Just like you and your word are one. If your word is good, then you're good. If your word is bad, you is bad. They didn't honor God. They didn't glorify him as God, even though they knew him. They had seen all of his mighty works. He had split the Red Sea for them, made food rain from heaven, manna every single day, strike the rock, water came gushing out. God had done all these amazing things for them. They knew him, but they didn't honor him. They treated him like a lightweight. They didn't glorify him as God. Neither were they thankful. And that's a big one. You know, we, we think, you know, I can just go on and live my life without any gratitude in my heart. No, God takes it personal. They, they didn't. You know why? Because uh, uh, gratitude gives you a heart of humility. What is humility? Humility is completely submitting to the plans of God over your life. And they were not thankful. And what? Watch what happens when you don't glorify God and you're not thankful. It graduates to the next thing. They became vain in their imaginations. Man, they started coming up, and I always share this story. I told you about this story when we went to Cape Town, and we got on this uh, fully automated jet, and the pilot said, you know, you know, we're going to take off from Johannesburg and uh, land in, Johann- in Cape Town. Congratulations, you are the first group of people to fly a fully automated jet. This thing is going to take off by itself from Johannesburg and land itself in Cape Town. I'm telling you, this was the most smooth, craziest flight I've ever been on. It was crazy because I had all kinds of vain imaginations in my mind. I mean, this thing in my mind was doing cartwheels. It was spinning. It was, it was the, 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 the wing was falling off. I mean, the engine stopped working in my mind. 
but it was smooth in the real world. And here's what happens when you don't honor God as God, when you become uh, uh, unthankful in your heart, you become vain in your imaginations. And watch what happens when this happens, and their foolish hearts were darkened. That's the final stroke of not, you know, doing the first three. Is that your heart, your heart becomes darkened. And that word darkened is a, is a word picture for when they used to make candles back in the day. Years out, they would make candles. They would get a weaker and put it in candle wax. And then they would lift it up. And uh, when they lift it up to, you know, the cold air, it, the, the candle wax would dry on the weaker. And then they would do it again and repeat it until there are layers upon layers of uh, candle wax on the, on the weaker. And then it becomes a candle. Now, when he says their foolish heart was darkened, it's not an instant thing that happens. It is when you expose your heart to continuous uh, 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 you know, uh, disobedience, basically. That's what it is. When you, your heart is continuously uh, uh, opened up to disobedience all the time, man. You hear God's word, you, well, whatever. You don't value God's word. When you do that, the continued repetitions will make your heart darkened. And in fact, the word darkened is talking about calluses. You make your heart uh, uh, calloused. Money. You put money on your heart. You know, the heart is supposed to be the, the most sensitive, soft organ in your body to hear from God. Now, this word picture is saying because of those continuous acts of disobedience and not just paying attention and valuing God's word, you put calluses on your heart. Have you ever, those of you who lift weights know, you know, when you have calluses on your heart. Man, what that means is God is speaking, but you won't be able to hear him. God still loves you. He's still speaking, but you just can't hear him. And they were at that place. And the report of the ten spies appealed to them more than the good report that came from the Lord. Not because they were stupid, not because they were dumb, but simply because their hearts were darkened. And they were in a place where they couldn't be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit and to the voice of God. Amen? Amen. I said amen. Amen. Let's go now to Proverbs chapter number 3 from verse 4 to 5. This is what we should do. And we're going to read a lot of scriptures today. If you're writing down notes, write this. Acts of continuous disregard for the word of God makes our hearts insensitive to the things of the spirit. Man, when God speaks, just do it. Like Nike said, just do it. Proverbs chapter number 3, from verse 4 to 5. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Next verse. Trust. Someone say trust. Trust. Come on, say it one more time. He says trust. What does the word trust mean? It means complete reliance, complete confidence in. He's saying Put your trust in the Lord with how much? With all of your heart. Not some parts of your heart. All of your heart. Put your trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Hallelujah. Man, that's awesome. This is awesome. We're going to do this. We always do this anyway. So we're going to do this because I want you to see it. Tato, you want to come up and preach with me, brother? <laughs> Here's what we're going to do. We're going to change Tato's name from Tato to 
your own understanding. So, my name is Tafara. And what's your name? No, you're not. (laughs) Your new name is your own understanding. So, what I'm going to do is lean on who? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lean on my own understanding. And I'm about to contradict what the Bible verse said. So, dude, you want to put your hands out and hold me? I know you go to the gym, so I'm safe. <laughs> now, what am I doing? I'm leaning on who? Your own understanding. Here's a question. How do I look? I look uncomfortable. I look weird. I look scared. Unsure. Can I last leaning on my own understanding? No. Do you see the picture? Here the Bible is saying, thanks brother, trust in the Lord, do it the way I told you, and not lean on something that I never gave you to lean on. Because if you do, you may do it, but you look weird, you look unsure, you look... Have you ever met people who are just weird? Here's an answer. They're leaning on the wrong thing. Have you ever seen people who are just fearful? Man, I was scared. You know, I know Tato likes me, but I wasn't sure how long (laughs) she can. Have you ever seen people who are just frantic? They're just fearful. You have an answer. They're leaning on the wrong thing. Because when you trust in the Lord and lean on him, watch what happens in the next verse. Verse 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him. That word acknowledge is a compound word, two English words. Accept his knowledge. That's all he's saying. In everything you do, find out what his knowledge is first and accept it. That's what the word acknowledge means. Accept his knowledge in all your ways. When it comes to handling your marriage, find out what his knowledge is and accept his knowledge. And what does his knowledge say? Wives, submit to your own husband, but the guys even got a bigger one. Guys, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Christ died for the church. That's how you accept his knowledge. And when you accept his knowledge in all things, in your finances, you accept his knowledge in everything that you do, watch what happens. He shall direct your path. And your heart is positioned in a place where you are so sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit, you can hear him as he directs your steps. Amen? This is where God wants each and every one of us to be. God wants us to be at a place where we are sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. But how do we do that? We start with the foundation of treasuring, a foundation of valuing his word. Amen. Amen. That's right. You know the Bible? That's God's email to you. Amen. Not as a blind copy or CC. What does CC mean? Carbon copy? Not as a CC. No, this is directly to you. When you read the Bible, you may as well put your name in it. When he says you can do all things through Christ to give strength, man, you may as well put your name. Tafara can do all things through Christ. Become sensitive to what God is speaking to you. And as you do, I can guarantee you, you'll start to see a turnaround of things in your life. Can you say amen to that? Let us go now to Matthew chapter number 6, verse 23 as we close. See, when you, don't, when you don't acknowledge God, when you don't value his word, carnality becomes your modus operandi. It becomes your MO. Just anything that goes with the five senses. I'm telling you, if the uh, uh, ten spies had come back today and uh, gave the 
the, the evil report, they would have had statistics to back it up. They would have had uh, a description of the giant's genes. They would have had uh, the height and do like a height analysis of, you know, how far the jab can go and knock your front teeth out. (laughs) And they would have put all of that in the news. And guess what we would have been talking about at the Bri? Oh, man, them giants. (laughs) Them giants have long jabs. Them giants are going to take us out. And God is saying, I've already given you this land. All you have to do is go and take it. Amen. Doesn't this sound like a doctor's report? When the doctor's report comes and it says everything ticked. It says, man, you have this, you have that, you have this and that too, and so on and so forth. Man, you have that report, and you also have the report that says, by his stripes you were healed. And most of us will sit at the bri and talk about this report. Okay, okay, moving right along. <laughs> That didn't go over so well. But I'm telling you, we need to start going with God's report. Yeah, Amen. That's Amen. Right. That's Amen. Right. We need to start going with what God says. And forget what the statistics. Man, they would have had analysts come on TV and tell the nation of Israel how they were not going to take this land. It should have been on all news channels, breaking news. The spies came back. And they said, there are giants in the land. And there is no way we can possess the land. All of us are grasshoppers. But there's some two crazies. You know, the whole nation would have been laughing at Caleb and Joshua, sitting at a television show. They would have made memes out of it. (laughs) These ones are crazy. You know why? Because Joshua and Caleb said, come on, quiet down. We can possess this land. God has given it to us. And you know what Joshua and Caleb said? They said, we are well able. The whole nation rejected that report and went with the evil report. Man, that's sad. Why? Because Matthew 6.23 says, but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of Darkness. What is your eye? Your eye is your gate into your heart. So he's saying when you pay attention to the wrong stuff, your whole heart will be filled with darkness. Did you see it? Man, this is so simple. You can walk out of here with some stuff to work with. He says if your eye is bad, if your eye is paying attention to bad news, bad report, your body will be filled with darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how can light be darkness? Man, this is a good piece of scripture. How can light be darkness? He said, if the light in you is darkness, in other words, if you think you know. I remember we put out a sermon on healing. And this one dude, I think he was a scientist, he wrote to us and he said all of this was garbage. And he thought he knew. And the the Bible is talking about people like that. He said his light is darkness. His knowledge is ignorance. You know why? Because the only person who has perfect knowledge is God. If it contradicts God's word... It's garbage. And here's the thing. He doesn't even know it. He thinks he's the wisest man in the whole wide world. He says if knowledge in you is wrong knowledge, it's darkness. Now here's the bad part. How great is that darkness? He's saying there's a difference between someone who just says, you know what, I don't know. 
than someone who says, I know. (laughs) But they have the wrong knowledge. You know why? Because they are deceived. And here's the interesting thing about someone who's deceived. They don't even know that they're deceived. That's why it's called deception. Amen? So the only one that is true knowledge, which is light, is God. And what he says in his word. You know, people come to me and they say, man, you are a fanatic. And I say, yes, I am. I'm a fanatic to what he says in his word. Because it's the only way we're going to win. If God says we're winning, we're winning. If God says we're going over, we're going over. It doesn't matter what we, I mean, the odds are stacked against us. That doesn't matter. I know that God may have considered that, and he came to the conclusion that we are winning. Yeah, that's right. Amen. So if he says we are going over, we are going over. If he says the land is ours, how many of you know that the land is ours? If he says we are redeemed from poverty, how many of you know that we are redeemed from poverty? If he says we are redeemed from sickness, how many of you know that we are redeemed from sickness? Pastor T, I may still have pain in my body. It doesn't matter. It's just a fact. The truth is, you're already healed by his stripes. And when you hold on to that truth, the facts have no choice but to line up with the truth of his word. That's why we say we walk by faith and not by sight. Essentially, what we are saying is we walk by the word. Because faith and his word are synonymous. We walk by the word and not by sight. Sight is basically talking about the five senses. We walk by his word and not what it feels like. Not what it looks like. You know, they have these uh, things on TV where they put two guys in a, I think it's a show, they, it's a, they, they try to get you to guess who's going to win the match. So they put two guys in a ring, I think it's, some, it's a boxing match or wrestling match that has already been fought, and they put them in the ring and they freeze the thing and they ask you, who do you think is going to win? <laughs> and for the most part, people get it wrong. You know why? Because they're going with the senses. Like, oh man, that dude looks like a bad dude. How many of you know that most of us would have lost it, would have missed it, if they had froze David and Goliath? Just, who do you think is going to win? Who do you think is going to win? Just, most of us are, no doubt, pity. We know who's going to win. Because this dude was 10 feet taller than a basketball player. And not only that, he wasn't frail, he was muscular. And David was just a shepherd boy, not even a shepherd man, a shepherd boy with a sling. Freeze that thing, the whole church would have gone with Samson versus the lion. Freeze that thing. See, most people think Samson was muscular, you know, like Goliath and so on. Samson wouldn't have been muscular because if he was, people wouldn't have asked him where he got his strength from. They would have known. The strength comes from your bicep, Samson. We know. No, this dude looked frail. This dude looked thin. And people were like, man, you just killed a lion. Where did the strength come from? But, you know, with some dreadlocks on it and, you know. (laughs) And he said, my strength comes from my hair. But most of us would have missed it if they freeze that thing. You know why? Because, man, we're looking at the senses. God wants us to now look at what the word says and not what it looks like with these physical eyes. And I have to quit because I'm out of time. God bless you and remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 for we walk by faith and not by sight. We love you. God bless you.